welcome to the first ever episode of Head Cannon and Loose Cannon. I'm Grace. And I'm Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. I'm Grace. You might know me from my other podcast with our dad. And uh, I'm Grace Heidler. <laughs> no, she's, she's not. She is Dylan. Um, you might know me from Gen Divide and... It's a terrible podcast. We're still in the, so much better. We're, we're keeping the same type studio rules. We're going to try to be as natural as possible. And we are not editing this podcast. I'm a, stri- a and, script. Oh, but Dylan's on a script. <laughs> but keep in mind, we are loose cannons. We might say some crazy things. That's but right. That shouldn't be too big of a problem for this episode. We are going to be talking about Riverdale's Betty Cooper. And just so you know, there will be spoilers for seasons one through four for Riverdale. We actually just watched the season finale today. Dylan, what were your thoughts on that real quick? Um, I just wish they would have killed Mr. Honey. <laughs> for real? IRL? The title really led me on, and then <laughs> they didn't execute it as well as I had planned. You thought you wanted them to actually was, kill Mr. Honey? It was a disappointing finale, to say the least. Oh. Well, to be fair, they were rushed with this finale. You know, this wasn't supposed to be the last episode of the season, but sadly, the corona came. Very upsetting. Ended them early. So we got a nice little cliffhanger. But anyways... We're, ta- we're focusing on Betty Cooper this episode. So first off, let's give our general um, opinions on Betty. Dylan, why don't you start us off? Um, Betty, just, she's a detective. She's, she's cool. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay. I really like Betty. I think she has great development over the seasons. Also, along with her personal development and growth... I really have enjoyed her fashion development. She's found a way to stick with the same, like, style and vibe she's giving off, but it's just matured, and I think it looks a lot better now than it was. It's amazing. Dylan, thoughts on Betty's fashion? Um, I agree. I think she has a very good look, and she's sticking to it, but um, it's improving. <laughs> Okay, so let's, um, I guess let's dive deeper into her personality. Why are you laughing at me? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's dive deeper into her personality and psychology, I guess. So the big thing with Betty is this darkness inside her, um, which we don't really have a good name for, of like a real medical term. So, um, you know, Dylan... I think you pointed out to me once there were theories that she was, like, bipolar or something. And maybe mean, that was it, but... Maybe. I don't know. It's just weird. She has, like, a weird alter ego. Dark Betty. They did not execute this well in the show, though. I don't want to talk about it. I really like it. it. Well, that's, that's a big part of who she is. And this season, we got to see her, I guess, kill that part off. And I think now she's like a mix of that alter ego a little bit. She still has a little bit of it. Like when... um, She doesn't like snap. Like when Bruce Banner becomes half Hulk and like the the brainy Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Except I I don't know. I think she's still... Well, no. I guess she is kind of a perfect mix of those two. She's a bit more... I don't want to say dark and edgy. Angsty. Angsty. She'll get angry. Oh, 
Let me just read you one of my favorite quotes. I might mess this up. I didn't actually look up the exact quote, but... Why wouldn't you do that? I... <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. I think this is when she's you talking to Donna. just look it up right now. Okay. All right, Dylan, why don't you fill space while I look it up? So, do you want to open up the phone lines and take a call? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring. Hey, guys. This is, uh... This is Daryl, long-time listener, first-time caller. I was just—I've never watched Riverdale, but I—I uh, I wanted to see who your uh, favorite character was on Parks and Rec. That question's for Dylan. <laughs> okay, what was your name again? Daryl. I'm gonna hang up and listen. Okay. Daryl, I wonder how long he's been listening because as of now we have not uploaded this to any platform. (laughs) I wonder where he is in our house right now. But um, maybe he's the producer. My personal favorite, um, my favorite Parks and Rec Mm -hmm. character. um, There's so many good options, but I think I'd just have to go with Ron Swanson. Interesting. All right, so I pulled up the quote. <laughs> That's a terrible way to fill time. Interesting. We just took a quick break from Betty Riverdale. I don't know in the who Daryl is. I don't know where <laughs> that phone came from that he called us on. All right, but I'm Anyways. scared for my life. Here's. I know it's very. <laughs> we strange. Did, we no, oh, I don't. I didn't know we were taking calls. Yeah. It, Okay, whatever. Here, here's the quote. All right. This is from season four, episode 14. I'm sorry, Donna, but I'm the ultimate wild card. I am the daughter of the Black Hood, the nightmare from next door. I'm training with the FBI and I'm coming for you, you psycho. I can't. I can't. Not Joan, not Jonathan, not even Brett. Just you. Very dramatic. Very um, dramatic, which is I like a theme with Betty's iconic quotes. Yes, it's very interesting. From I guess from season two towards the end, when we find out that her dad is the serial killer, the Black Hood, and just her journey through that. I think this is the only time I've ever seen her embrace that at all. Most of the time, she's um, ignoring it. Ignoring it trying to hide it or bringing a sledgehammer to his grave and just whacking away. She's in denial. That was iconic. That was that was a nice moment for Betty, I think. Just this season, she's had a lot of those moments where I think we've getting, gotten to, like, physically seen, see how she's been changing and handling these dark parts of her, I guess, from when she smashed her father's grave to uh, the tangerine thing. <laughs> When <laughs> the, the tangerine code word thing, when she does it, and then I guess she kills Dark Betty. I, pretty interesting to me. Which actually. Oh, I just instantly thought of when Alice tried to stab her. Oh. <laughs> I, d- I don't that. think I saw the part That's where she killed off Dark Betty. Oh, yeah. All right. Well. Daughter of the Black Hood, speaking of which, that brings us into our first segment. 
Upbringings with Grace and Dylan. So, talking about Abby's, I mean... <laughs> Abby, if you're listening... I'm sorry, Abby. Abby, you did say you thought you were most like Betty, so I'm sorry. That's um, extremely private information, Grace. We should not have shared that. Gosh, now everyone knows exactly what Abby is like. No, she's not. She's not exactly like Betty. I think uh, she just related. That's most. arguable. Well, no, she didn't relate most with Betty. I guess um, we're just gonna move on. Um, so we're not editing. <laughs> yeah, we forgot we're not editing. Oh crap! This is a mess. Anyways, Betty grew up with her father, who we learned actually was a psychopath. His whole fatherhood journey um his whole life her her mother who was very like controlling kind of helicopter parent constantly and her sister who we don't really know much about when we won't talk about we won't talk about when betty was being brought up um i don't think polly i don't know we're just gonna skip over polly but this is another scene from season four we get with Betty's upbringing. This scene where um, Betty's childhood cat, Carmel, I think, was hit by a car. And oh, she was, like, sitting there, this, like, young Betty sitting there. And then her dad comes out. And he's like, okay, well, it's your cat. You need to take care of it. And hands her a rock. And she looks at it for a second, looks at her cat, and lifts it over her head and kills the cat. Um, which, <laughs> Dylan, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> How I do you just, think that would affect you if you had if that you went through that as a child? Probably the same way it did Betty. I mean, I'm pretty sure to this day, she blames herself for that. Um, yeah, I think she does. And the whole thing where she had the serial killer genes, too? I, I'm still unclear where we are on that. Don't so know if does those she, even exist. Does she actually have them, or were was her mom lying? Did Hal ever have them? I don't know. Because remember, I remember they told her that, she, she, that the whole family was tested for them, and she was the only one who had them, which is interesting so i guess it might be in her blood to be a killer (laughs) which is great (laughs) do you think the serial killer genes are what contributes to dark betty that whole thing probably i'm sure it's very convenient for a character in riverdale oh you think (laughs) it's a good thing that she has dark betty up her sleeve of course of course interesting interesting um Let's see. Um, she was actually third cousins with Cheryl Blossom, who was, it seemed like was her childhood enemy. <laughs> she was in love with her next door neighbor, Archie Andrews. They were in love. He proposed. There, she, that was like that iconic moment like, when like she's eight. like, we're too young, Archie. Ask me again when we're 18 and in high school and I'll say yes. But turns out. When she was 18, she was dating this slimy turd named Jughead Jones. Oh. Oh. That actually brings us into our next segment. Ship it. Or rip it. (laughs) 
I'm sorry if that hurt your ears. I'm not sure how that panned out. So anyways, we will go with the obvious one, the big relationship Betty's been in this whole time, Bughead, Betty, and Jughead. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I will admit I've been against Bughead in the past because I think Betty's great and I think Jughead is terrible. But I see that they they kind of go together. They work. They they work. I think they're a nice couple. Um, Jughead, we should do an episode on Jughead too because I think I know a lot of why the way he he is the way he is, and it's terrible. We could do good upbringings with Jughead. Um, what a weirdo! Am I right? <laughs> I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't Jeez. fit in. I don't want to fit in. Who says that? <gasps> I don't know. Chuckhead. Um. Just like the writers have never met teenagers. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think, they casted yeah. 30-year-olds and then they made them talk real weird. I think that the word, Chuckhead... The word mm-hmm. in-game is tossed around too much do you think no one says that okay well do you think bughead is endgame <sighs> i think i like them as a high school relationship i i think they have a lot in common which is nice for them to bond over um uh, i think they actually do go well together i think that maybe jughead's faults like kind of fit well with maybe betty's I think it's pretty interesting because the whole thing with Betty and Archie, it's like they were both these, like, boy and girl next door, you know? That kind of type. But now, like, as the seasons progressed, we Betty's turned more into not that. Maybe more, like, edgy, closer to the Serpent Queen that matches with Jughead. Okay, oh. very weird terminology in this show. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Speaking of the boy next door, let's go to Barchi. Blah. <laughs> um, it's it's really hard to say that thing where, with that Cheryl said to Betty. I think this might have been episode eighteen, where she was like, um, "Betty, actually, I think um, it's better with you're better with Jughead." Because you found him in a time of, like, chaos. And maybe you've been in love with the idea of Archie all this time. So, I don't know. But how will she know if she never got the chance to date him? I mean, I guess they were cheating on Veronica and Jughead, but... um, It's not okay. That's not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) To our viewers at home, don't cheat. It's not funny. The Barchi cheating thing, that was so odd. Gross. Gross. Which, you know, that brings me to Varchi, which I... We don't want to talk about them. We won't talk about them since this is Betty Cooper. Betty Cooper episode. This is going terribly. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. No, I bet Abby, she's listening, which this we've basically been exclusively talking about season four, so she won't get to listen to it for a while, but she'll love it. Sorry about... How much you love Jughead. He's a terrible person. He's terrible. Okay. 
Um, the only other ship with Betty that I really like know of that could that we could even talk about really would be Veronica, which is Dylan's favorite ship in Riverdale. Is it? That is correct. That's correct. <laughs> Betty and Veronica. Um, I will say, I feel like they work better as best friends. I don't know. I could Yeah, it will never happen, but it will still always be my favorite ship. <laughs> I don't know. I really like them together, but I don't, I don't see them fitting like that. I don't know. I couldn't see them, like, spending the rest of their lives together, you know? This episode the has same been a with flop. Like, the same with, like, Bughead. Um... It just doesn't work. But just, I, I strongly dislike Barchi as well. So. Yeah. So, it's just got to be Veronica is your favorite? <laughs> Probably. Let me think. What else do we have here? I don't know. We might as well just start wrapping it up now. Unless up. you have some, some other better notes. quotes. Okay. Something? We, we can Actually, make that a segment as well. You know what? We kind of focused on Hal and the upbringings. Do you want to revisit that and maybe think about how Alice affected her? Sure. Because I think that's also, that was a very strong influence her, with her because it was such like a, like a classic helicopter parent, like controlling, like don't do that. Don't hang out with them, you know? And I think that's probably how she was raised all her life. It's probably partially house fault i mean yeah she's just a very cautious mother very controlling very controlling which she's really let go of these seasons Mm -hmm. and it's really shown on betty yeah i mean she's always wanted the best for her children she's always been Mm -hmm. a great mom but yeah i think she's developed to be like i do you think Alice is a better mom now than she was when Betty was growing up? Yes, definitely. I mean, especially now that Hal's gone, she doesn't really need to be such a helicopter parent, you know? I see, I that's, see. That's another note we could mention, is that Hal was killed <laughs> by Penelope Blossom. Oh, right. We can we can really talk about what that that whole thing did to Betty at the end of season three yes. when she was, yeah, I guess she was forced to shoot her father. Um, and then, but she, I think she shot him in like the gut or something so it wouldn't kill him. He didn't die. He and fell she's to like, his I knees. will never be like you. And she's like really upset. And then Penelope walks in. And she's like, you are I terrible. I can't trust you to do anything, Hal. And then just shoots him in the head. Like dead. Useless. Boom. Yeah. Betty immediately like Screams. falling to the ground. Jughead and Veronica trying to scoop her up, I guess. There's nothing really you can do in that situation. Yeah. And the only reason she even shot him was because that was the only way to get the antidote. Yeah. And, and for save her and her friends to survive. Veronica and to get the four of them out of there. Yeah. Keep in mind, he was pointing a gun at her. Yeah. This so whole time. If he didn't if she didn't shoot him on the count of three, then she was dead and so were all of his, her friends. Do you think he would have shot her if she didn't pull the trigger? 
no, but then Penelope probably would have come and shot both of them. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Penelope, Penelope didn't even end up giving them the antidote and tried to kill all of them anyway. Yeah, but I think Archie grabbed it and then Cheryl came in and saved them all. Yep. Epic moments. Epic moments um, with her little bow and arrow. Betty and Cheryl, kind of iconic cousins. Yes. Really. Every I mean, time they Cheryl a lot better than talks. Jason and Polly were. I think these are the cousins here, but Yep. Um <laughs> Well, so not yeah. gonna talk about that. I really think it was interesting the like shift in how Cheryl treated Betty. I think that it yes. also had to do with Cheryl's development, but when mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, we're cousins I didn't know this. Now every time she like, addresses Betty, she says She's like cousin. Cousin. <laughs> Dear cousin. Oh, that was sweet. Oh, we could also talk about the effects of um, I guess it would have made, well, when Jughead was presumably dead, but he wasn't really dead. She knew he wasn't dead. That was frustrating. I know this doesn't have a lot to do with Betty, but can we just talk about, honestly, guys, I'm super pissed at Jonathan. Jonathan. I kind of would have, I wanted to see what would happen if Jughead died and... It's all his fault. I'm about to cry. <laughs> yeah, it was so annoying. And honestly, as much as I didn't love Joan that much, I really felt for her in the scene where she just snaps. When Jughead's like, you just forgot one thing. You didn't really kill me. And oh she's gosh. just like, that's because Jonathan was supposed to check the pulse. And I idiot. really felt for her because Jonathan is an Imbecile. idiot. Who does that? His one job was to make sure Jughead was that? dead. Do you think Jonathan was, ha- like, having, like, second thoughts about killing Jughead? Or, I'm or he just was dumb? that's what they wanted it to be. Like, he, oh, yeah. you know, finally became Because we're also supposed person. to assume that Donna killed Jonathan, I think. Yes. It sounded like they all did. Or maybe, actually, and it could have just been take Donna. take out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna. Donna and Betty. That relationship. Crazy. I know. I actually have a few, like, ship edits of them saved in my Betty Deserves Better folder. Oh, yes. We've got to talk about this. Oh, yes. I have this saved folder on Instagram, and it's called hashtag Betty Deserves Better, and it's just ship edits of Betty with anyone other than Jughead. So Anyone. there's a lot of Barchi, a few Veronica, I think one with Betty and Donna, and one with Betty and Brett. Yes, that's amazing that Which. you <laughs> put the time and effort into that. I know. I, Just I feel strongly about Jughead. I, I guess they fit together, though, so I just have to watch this happen. Um, why don't we talk about the effects of Chick? Oh, on Betty. Completely forgot and about that. And the farm. That's a huge one for Betty. Really messed her up. <laughs> what was that, Mom? Mom, I think, just made a weird noise at us. She laughed at us. She laughed How at us. How rude. What um, do you have to say for yourself, Mom? She's uh, silent. 
Let's talk about Chick first, I guess. So this is when, like, Betty was having extreme sympathy for her mom. So she went and found who she thought was Alice's son, son. who she had to, I guess, put up for adoption at some point. Something I think like, like that. that. I don't and, um, well, I guess she didn't have oh, didn't to. I think Hal forced her to. Well, I don't know about the timeline on that. It doesn't fully make sense to me, but. Yeah, because if she had the baby in high school or the summer after her senior year, I don't think yeah. Hal would force her to. Well, we don't know. We don't Hal know. Was Hal was a psychopath. So we didn't really know. I could, I could understand someone like Hal not wanting that kid around. <laughs> um, dang. So she finds Chick. Yeah, Betty has just had to deal with a lot of psychopaths. Probably has a lot to do with the, like the way she talks. Like that's probably why she is so like dramatic and like like I have the power, the control here. Betty can be a little bit of a control freak, a lot of a control freak sometimes, which probably has to do with her helicopter mom. And as she she's growing up, has no like for so long she had no control over her life. You know. Crazy yeah. stuff. So happening. now she's like taking all she can get with it. Like, jeez. Uh, and if she doesn't have it, she's like. Uh. Chick was just really creepy. He <laughs> came into their house after Betty found him. Well, pretending he, to be Charles. Gosh. Uh, bringings. <laughs> then we are led right. to believe. How long have we been going for? 26 minutes. All right. Do you um, think we're close to closing, or do you have some more? Yeah, let's just finish with Chicken the Farm. Um, All right. So, after some interrogation, uh, we're led to believe that Chick killed Charles. The right. one who was really Betty's sis brother. Half brother. Half brother. Also half brothers with Jughead, which a is a little disturbing, but right. we don't we don't acknowledge that no, I mean we do acknowledge it obviously. But not really. I mean um, <sighs> Then the it's farm. Fine. The farm really flipped Betty's yeah. life upside down. That was probably rough. I, I actually, now that you say it, I can remember in the earlier seasons, Betty, like, desperately trying to get Polly to come back and live at the house again. Yes, and as soon as she did, her mother, who was finally, like, a normal mother, yeah. and her sister, who, who she, she finally got back after like years of being separated they joined, joined a, cult a cult and were brainwashed and geez the effects that that could have on betty is then probably why she's so she doesn't she wanted them so back she back so bad she sent cheryl in yeah, there they brainwashed cheryl with yeah, cheryl's dead is, brother because they made her think she was talking to him Poor Cheryl. And then 
she sent Cheryl's she girlfriend in there to try to retrieve her. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and she wasn't like, brainwashed, but... No, Betty's she, just clinging on to anyone she can get, but, I, like, they just leave. Well. Then Kevin, Kevin, her gay best friend. God, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin joined the farm. Oh. Basically, everyone, everyone in the school. Everyone Betty loved joined the farm, except for, I guess, the rest of the core four. Can we actually talk a little bit about how that dynamic is going to get messed up? Like, do you think Betty and Archie are planning on telling Veronica and Jughead that they cheated? There is no way they are planning on that. <laughs> but I, I feel like They're it's going... pretend it didn't it, happen. It's going to come out eventually, I'm sure. I guess. Well, maybe I don't, not. Honestly, I think it would be fine if they it. didn't. And there was like a time skip between four and five. And um, maybe they find out then, and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do now. But I think, I don't know, if they found out right now, I, I couldn't see either relationship, like, with None of them. None of the three that. would work out. Work. I mean, of course, you know. Vughead, they don't even interact to begin with, which is kind of upsetting. I wish yeah. we, I wish they interacted more. That way there was more, In like. In season two, we got a little bit of arguing between the two because oh, yeah. Veronica held on to that cause that's started, all we got from them <laughs> Veronica started to support her father a little more and Jughead was very anti Hiram and the monopolies and but hmm. yeah that, imagine the effects that had on Betty that her best Veronica friend and her boyfriend fighting it after hmm. very stressful very stressful it's not like now, Archie cared Archie, Archie didn't care. He's Archie like, whatever. Didn't care. He's terrible. He's like, Gosh. Well, no, like what he kind of fell boyfriend. into the trap of Hiram with Veronica, I think, which is probably why he didn't. He was kind of against Jughead, so maybe that Betty felt like she had to be against Veronica, and it was tough for her. Just pushed her and Jughead closer together. Good job, oh Archie. And then. In season three, when she finds out that the farm is stealing their followers' organs. And, like, everyone thinks she's crazy because they've all been brainwashed. And she's like, no, look at this. And they think she's crazy. Well, she gets Cheryl out pretty quick, but... Yeah. But Cheryl has trouble getting everyone else out. Cheryl tries to get Tony out and does, but then... She can't because the guards grab her. Hmm. <laughs> Very stressful. I see, I don't know, I see the fallout from the Barchi thing. I see, well, I don't know. I didn't think that Veronica and Archie, I don't think that would work past high school anyways. And I think they kind of saw that. Or mm-hmm. Veronica did, at least. And she's like, yeah, this isn't going to work after high school. So we're just going to make the most of this now, I guess. So they, I don't think they would have worked anyways. Um, I don't, Jughead, Jughead, one to get upset. Yeah, he would be so upset. I don't know if he could trust her. is one of his Um, things. And since he's so distant, if someone that close to him hurt him, there's no turning back for him. Oh, my gosh. What if he found out he... Okay, he finds out about the whole Betty thing, breaks up with her, and then he basically becomes 
how FP was in the beginning of season one. It's a, it's like the whole thing. It's just, just a like, loop. Oh gosh. And then That's Archie, rough. and then Archie is like the how because we all know. Don't trust Archie, Dylan. Your hatred for Archie. We'll save that for another episode. But um, for now, thank you guys for listening. Sorry, Abby. But <laughs> this was our first episode. And we're not. Yeah. So keep in mind we didn't edit. Betty um, Cooper. And we're still getting the hang of this. Ponytail. So please actually text me or Dylan. If you're listening to this right now, you probably have one of our numbers. Text us with some feedback. Or don't. Or just shut your mouth. Mind your own no. business. No, please send us feedback. Um, I don't. Well, I never asked for your opinion. Won't. If you're listening, maybe, don't, maybe text me. Grace. Do not message me. I no, will block I mean, your number instantly. I won't change my opinions, but I'll change. I don't even know you um, anymore. Gosh. Just get out of here. Dead. Dead like dark Betty. Dead like Hal. Dead, Dead. like Edgar Evernever. <laughs> Dead like Jason. How do you oh, feel about that? Gosh. Yeah, don't. Pretty dead. He Stay actually, in contact I don't with think me. he rested in peace for a while Never. took him took him four years to finally get that rest and peace moment but but really was that even grueling that? years <laughs> dang they just would not less let him rest in that grave this was head cannon and loose cannons and with grace and dylan we'll see you next week